You're now listening to Chris Spiracy. Chris X Matt. We question everything. Break the matrix. We are the ones they fear. If we don't make the change, it's never going to change. Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Chrispiracy. I'm your host, Chris X Matt, and there's many Chris's out there, but there's only one Chris X Matt, and that is me. That is I. Welcome back to another episode of Chrispiracy, the only podcast where we continue to break the matrix. I want to start off by giving a big shout out to the brother Hotep Jesus. Um, just good looking now, bro. Thank you for coming on my platform. Thank you for sharing your mind, your point of views. Thank you for, you know, telling us a little bit about your story. I mean, you know, Hotep has a platform already. For him to do my my show was crazy to me. It's, it's still surreal to me. Even though I'm not, I'm not looking at it like, oh, he's some type of God and I can't reach out to him and I can't, he's not accessible. I'm not saying it like that, but... A lot of people, even with that type of following, with with already some type of celebrity and clout or whatever you want to call it, a lot of people won't wouldn't look out for smaller podcasts. They wouldn't come on a smaller show that really doesn't benefit them at all. And I don't say that to be negative about about my show. I just know where I stand realistically. This is still a small po- a platform, and I just know where I stand in this game. You know, so when someone with that level. A following comes on my show and brings all those eyes this way that's love you know i can't i mean i just i just i don't know what to say you know it's just, just so dope and it really puts more like battery in me to where i know i'm on the right path this is what i'm supposed to be doing um like i said i'm chris x matt and there's none there's no one out there that's like me i really i'm really just my own person and i bring a whole different side to this podcast game so shout out to the brother hotep jesus like i said i don't know if i said this already on that episode but i was nervous to do that shit (laughs) for real i just was too much in my head because i was just thinking about it too much and i shouldn't have but i i did i was i wanted it to be a good good episode so i kind of put pressure on myself and for no reason either you know because it was once it started obviously all the nerves go away and you kind of just step into the bag. And I don't really get nervous when I when I record. So that, that was the first time I kind of was like, oh, shit, you know, I want this to be good. Let me be good. Let me be great. But it turned out being a good episode. People loved, people liked it. The, the reaction was good to it. So shout out to Brother Hotep. And shout out to everyone that's, that's been tapping in lately. All the new subscribers, all the new followers, all the new listeners. Uh, it means a lot. It really means a lot that people are listening and and, and taking something from conspiracy. Because what I really wanted to accomplish with my overly blunt podcast, I didn't get to. Um, well, you know, I kind of stopped it early, but conspiracy is getting me kind of is, is growing faster than the other one did, and is more receptive. People are being more receptive to conspiracy, uh, but people have been asking for the ob shit. As of late, and I feel like I've talked about this on the pod too. I feel like I need that back to keep that balance in my life, as far as not always talking about this stuff, not always talking about information. Sometimes I don't want to, I don't want to have a guest that is gonna talk about a new theory or a new whatever, you know, all this truther stuff. What if I just want to kick back and be 
a normie. Let me be a normie sometimes, man. Just let me be a normie sometimes because I need that balance. I just need that balance. I'm still in this. I'm still tethered to some extent, you know. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to bring back the, the Overly Blunt podcast. And I really honestly, I, I want to clarify this because I think some people get confused. Um, our conspiracy content, our conspiracy videos and stuff. Well, the conspiracy YouTube, conspiracy on YouTube would be under Overly Blunt TV. Overly Blunt TV is my YouTube channel. It is the channel that I'm going to be dropping on my content on. So basically, Overly Blunt Company is the company. You know, so Chris Piercy is under the Overly Blunt umbrella. And oh, my other podcast is as well. So I just want to clarify that up. You know, I have, uh, I have a whole umbrella and I'm going to bring back my new show. So. I'm ready to bring back OB, guys. I hope you guys are ready, too. It's going to be fun. Uh, before we get into today's episode, though, I have, an, I have a, a dope guest today for you guys. It's going to get wild. Big wild. Not really wild like that, but it was just an interesting story. He had a wild story to where he's at now. And people like this inspire me to... They keep putting that that battery in me to take that leap of faith soon where just let go and let the universe guide you and this guy just has an amazing story he's a nomad he's on that van life he's always out here just driving around no home to really call his own i guess like a physical home house i guess there's he doesn't have that but then again this whole you know realm is our home is the it's just that it's been divided to keep us divided. So we put borders up, we make cultures, we make uh languages, so everything to divide us and to be like, oh, these are my people. We're all the people. We all people. And that's what it is. You know, this is our home and this is a playground. And the people that run this place, they know that. They know that this is a playground. This we're really special uh beings and we don't we don't be taking that into consideration a lot of the times um so yeah this whole earth is ours this whole realm is ours this whole dome is ours whatever you want to consider this shit it's ours if you're trying to be technical i guess so i appreciate someone that takes that leap of faith to go on a nomad journey when they have it all when they have the quote unquote society success story, you know, where you have a hot girl, you got money, you got a business, nice cars and shit, materialistic shit, right? Everything that quote unquote is supposed to be happiness and success. So, um, this guest is just really, it just really blew my mind, you know, his story and how it all unraveled for him. And sometimes, you know, when you ask, you shall receive. When you ask the universe, it's going to talk back to you through symbols, through signs, through, you know, whatever, events. It speak back to you. Oh, man. But before we get into that episode today, before I introduce my guest, I also want to give a big shout out to Brother Berg because since that episode ha- has dropped, People just been 33 everything everywhere all the time. (laughs) 
Since then, we started 33 minutes, Brother Berg. Um, so that was an amazing episode. I really enjoyed that. People really enjoyed that episode. I think I should go really tap into that. Um, and just listen. Just listen, bro. Like, honestly, like, when you listen to Chris Piercy, just listen. Don't even, don't, don't listen with the intention of wanting to walk away with a new mindset. Don't listen with the intention of, oh, I'm listening to Chris Piercy because I want to be a better person and go on my spiritual awakening. No. Listen to Chris Piercy for some entertainment. Listen for entertainment purposes only. Um, let's have fun with it. Have fun with all these theories, conspiracies. Whatever the guest, whatever truth the guest is speaking on my platform, just enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, guys, we don't know what the fuck is real or not. And I'm not saying, like, my computer in front of me isn't real. I'm not saying this microphone in front of me is real. I'm not saying it like that either. I'm just saying we don't, we just don't know. We don't know what happens when we leave out this world. We don't, we don't know nothing. Everything is speculation. You can try to figure it out as much as you want. You can keep going out there and finding puzzles. I mean, uh, pieces to this puzzle. You can keep going out there and finding Easter eggs. But the point is not to figure it out because we're never going to figure it out ever, 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 ever figure it out. Um, so that's what I mean when not knowing what, you know, we don't know what's fake or real. We don't know what what information is real or not out here. A lot of the stuff that's out here can just really just be to keep us divided and keep creating sides. And and then we believe it and we manifest it. That's why I be telling people like everyone be talking about gulags and on social media too, you know, even Migos, they 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 have they're at a gun, uh, they're at a paintballing type of arena thing, and and I think Quavo puts gulag and shit. Like that. And it's like, yo, we really about to manifest these gulags. We about to, we manifest this shit. We're gonna manifest the concentration camps because we're the ones out here that have it in our mind that are scared that this might happen. Well, imagine if everyone was just out and about. Imagine if they if they declared COVID right or they said pandemic, and people were like, okay, cool, whatever. We're gonna keep going about our day. But no, you have that majority of people that listen, that are sheep, that go with whatever is being told, the whole narrative, and, and that's the unfortunate part. So when you listen to conspiracy, hopefully you just, you just, if you go away with a new way of looking at things, then hey, that's a double win for me. But no pressure. This shit, this shit is really can be overwhelming sometimes just trying to figure all this out especially if you're kind of questioning things right now and then just being thrown all this in front of you you know you especially on twitter if you find what like you know the community right now it'll be a lot if you're just not up to, like not if you don't know what's going on really me i've been kind of prepping myself mentally the last few years to where now you know it it makes sense. So it's not too much that I have to digest and not too much that I have to process. But imagine being brand new, being a normie and just really walking in and finding Murph's account or finding a human vibrations account, finding eyes account, finding all these, you know, brother Berg, finding these people's account, all the GG33 accounts and the numerology accounts, astrology. Imagine if you're a normie and you walk into this community, you're going to be like, what the fuck going on in here? There's all a bunch of shit going on in here. I can, yeah, it's overwhelming. So now, how can we make it fun? That's where I'm at with it. But man, I already said too much. Let's get into today's episode. Again, I told you guys already, I'm excited about this episode, about this guest. Um, he's, he's inspired me to maybe, you know, take up this van life one day. Or not even just the van life, to really 
really just take that leap of faith. Take that leap of faith and just believe, 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 and manifest power of belief, power of manifestation, uh, positivity, you know. And uh, people like this really just, like I said, inspire me, bro. Like for real, because especially right now with all this COVID stuff, right? When all the lockdowns and everything happening. Well, everything's opening up now, but it, it was a point last year where even a lot of people now are more on the self-sustainability type of time. That's what they, they're all into, self-sustainability. Let's, you know, I don't want to be tied down to a home. Let's go out on the road. Let's go to nature. Let's be out, a kind of off-grid type of thing. That's becoming like a thing now because of the way the government's becoming, you know, it's becoming the, the tyranny and all that shit. So I get it. I get that people want to be off grid. I get that people don't want a house, don't want to be really found. They want to just be able to go and leave anywhere, be prepped. And that's really being prepared to me all the time, man. Like that's that's why to me it was interesting to have this guest on because I wanted to know more about this lifestyle. You know, I you know I know you guys are familiar with with Una as well, and she, I've had her on the podcast, and that's kind of how she is. But she's just on that on that road life and just always going out and about, just moving out, moving out here. So. It's interesting because people make it worse. So, you know, if you have faith, the universe favors you. If you have faith, the universe favors you, especially with a positive mindset, especially when, I, when you're not even thinking like, damn, how am I? If you don't have no negative thought, you're always thinking like, I'm going to get by. Something's going to happen. The universe is going to bless me. Somehow it does. And your energy that you put out back into the world, the universe reciprocates that shit, a.k.a. karma. So, yeah, do that. Do that shit. So I was just interested to know more about this van life, this nomad life, being off grid, uh, building a, a move, building a moving van, you know, converting a van into a like a home type environment. So I'm really intrigued to have on the show today the good brother, Nomad Brad. How you doing today, sir? Hey, good afternoon, brother. I am doing wonderful today. The sun is out. It's warm. The birds are singing. It's a good day to be here, my man. It's the new year. It is. The it true is, new it year. Is. The true new year. <laughs> so uh, first of all, thanks. Uh, thank you so much, Brad, for coming on my show. Um, I do appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, you have a very interesting story that I, I don't know if we should just jump into it right now or we should, you know, kind of, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, if you want to let people know who, who Nomad Brad is, but this story is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I feel that. I mean, there's a lot to get into, but... Um... I guess the where I'm at right now as Nomad Brad, uh, the thing that people would want to know is um, about four years ago, I just sold, literally sold everything I have, and I bought an old cargo van on eBay, and uh, I have some construction skills, so I converted it into a full-on camper, tiny home on wheels, and I just started traveling, traveling the country, man. I'm going to stop you right there because I actually, I actually wanted to ask you about construction skills because... You got it. Because you... Yeah, I I seen your videos how you you know you do the work, you, the things you do to the to these vans and all that. But that has to that skill has to come from somewhere. Did you do that growing up with your father or something? Yeah, so I grew up on a farm actually, and so from a young age, I mean, there's pictures of me in diapers, like outside, you know, moving around sticks and mm. you know just working. That's yeah. just a farm life. So mm -hmm. I grew up working with and building and using tools. Um, but then for about ten years, I was a heating and cooling technician. Um, okay. and so we did a lot of installations, you know, you'd have to do sheet metal work and electrical and plumbing. So I learned really the majority of my skills came from the trade that I did. Mm. 
um, and no schooling or nothing like that? It was just all just practice at home? Um, we had to go to schooling for the yes. heating and, and the air, huh? So let me tell you about Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, in, in order to do heating and air here, all you have to do is get hired by somebody who has a license. So mm. I knew a dude that owned his own heating and cooling company. And when I was 22, he hired me and he just taught me everything he knew. And he did send me uh, off for some trainings, which was super kind of him. I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. um, he, he flew me to Arkansas, flew me to Las Vegas, flew me to Illinois, you know, for some technical classes. But I, I don't have any official trade school. Uh, I'm not in a union, no official licensing. Mm. I mean, you're an apprentice, apprentice then, right? Yeah, basically, I was an apprentice. All my skills came from on the job. Yeah, but I mean, there's those skills that you still carry on to the day. So I mean, it's shit. Cause you need those the heating and uh, cooling experience to install the 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 you know the heating and cooling in the in the vans, correct? Or yeah, yeah. I installed a propane uh, tankless water heater in the bus that I built. So that was straight, you know, from my heating and cooling days. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, where did you grow up in? So I grew up in Oregon, a small town outside Portland. So I was in the country about 20 minutes out of the big city. Mm. You spend most of your time in Oregon or are you, are you really on that nomad life? So growing up, I spent my entire life in Oregon. And it's funny because I actually, I tried to leave Oregon about three different times. I tried to move out of state because I was like, I've been here my whole life. I want to see what else is going on. And every time I would leave Oregon, um, I always ended up, I came back. The universe always brought me back. Mm. And, uh, and so it wasn't until that I was like, I'm literally selling everything, cutting all my ties and packing all my stuff in a van and leaving <laughs> that I was finally able to, to kind of get out. And you got to that point of selling everything after you, after your trip, your Virgin Islands trip. Before we get to the trip, though, why were you? Why weren't you happy? You know, reading based everything on your website, you had everything, quote unquote. That's you know, you were successful in society standards. Um, were you not happy? Was was something not being fulfilled that you just you know you wanted to go take this trip? Yeah. So, you know, what I found out was that I had gained all those things, all the benchmarks, all the stuff that, you know, growing up, you don't really question it. You're, you're just like everyone says, buy a house, you know, start a business. That's the American dream. Own your own business. Do all these things. Uh, but I feel like there's never a focus on what's the end goal. Mm. And so I found myself this would have been about 10 years ago. So 2026. 20, I found myself with all these things, a business, the house, toys, uh, girlfriend. And I just, I felt like my things, I felt like I was an, an employee to my things, you know? So like what I tell people is I had a house and then, you know, in order to maintain the house, I had to get a lawnmower and then the lawnmower, you know, you have to have gas for it. You have to maintain the lawnmower and then you want to clean the patio. And so you got to get a pressure washer. And it just keeps rolling, buddy. And before you know it, you're like five, six things down the line and you have this whole fleet of shit. <laughs> and I just, I didn't have any time. And so it really coincided with my spiritual awakening. Um, you know, I, I kind of stumbled onto, um, I kind of stumbled onto Abraham Hicks 
and I got into like some early David Wilcock and mm -hmm. some Graham Hancock. And I just started to question things and the nature of the reality of our reality. And, and I just realized this, you know, this wasn't it, this wasn't it for me. And, and I really felt a, a crunch on my time and I just wanted to have more time to be able to do the things that I wanted. Which were what? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And so where I found myself is I was working like 60 hours a week. Uh, it was a relatively, I had a couple of businesses, but this was my kind of my newest business. Mm -hmm. And I was working a lot and I was basically inside of a warehouse, like 50, 60 hours a week, just working all the time. And I always found myself wanting to be outside. And I always felt myself wanting to be in nature. Every chance that I got, I would take my dog for a walk. And it was like these baby steps towards spending more time in nature. And it got to the point where I, it wasn't enough to just go to the park. I wanted to get out of the city. And so at the time I had a Ford expedition mm -hmm. and one day I just was like, I got to get out of here. And keeping in mind, I grew up in the farm. I grew up camping. So I have like an outdoor background. And so one day I says, I want to get out of here. And I grabbed my girlfriend and my expedition and we drove to Target and I got like a roll up mattress topper and a cooler and filled it with stuff. And I just drove out to the mountains and we drove out to the mountains and we just put the seats down and slept in the back of the expedition, just out off the grid, no cell service under the stars. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I had the best sleep I've ever had that night. <laughs> and so I realized that for me, um, there was so much healing and, and joy being outdoors in nature. Mm. And, uh, you know, time felt like it slowed down. The air was cleaner. I didn't feel all the stress and, and the pressure that I feel when I'm in the city, you know, doing my business. Yeah. The fast pace. And so that... Yeah, the fast pace. And so that combined with like an awakening and looking at, you know, what's the nature of our reality. And I was just like, man, what I'm doing now, this ain't it. You know, this ain't it for me. So in that process, you decided to have like a little spiritual getaway in the Virgin Islands or? I mean, it wasn't even a spiritual getaway. This was still pretty early into my awakening, but I knew I needed to like relax and I knew I needed to just kind of get away and kind of de-stressed and it I got to the point where I wanted out of my my lifestyle I wanted out of the craziness but I had built up so much momentum with my business and my house and my stuff that you know it was like a freight train just speeding down the down the tracks and I couldn't see a way to slow it down I felt like I just needed to just snatch that band-aid off just real quick I just needed a hard reset Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, to get where I wanted to be. That was the shortest distance, right? Just bam, get me right there. And so for that reason, I decided at the last minute, me and my girlfriend, we were going to just book a trip to the Virgin Islands for two weeks and, and just kind of chill and, and kind of try to figure things out. Because I knew from experience that if I can get my mind away from all the stress mm. and I can spend, you know, I can spend some time out in nature, I knew the answers would come to me, but I had to get there first. You have this uh, this, you have this quote on your on your on your website too, where you ba basically you, you said what you're saying right now. You said uh, my manifestations ruled over me. I was never able to relax. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. 
And, you know, for me as a, as a business owner, you know, I had my iPhone. And so I, I have emails from clients, emails from vendors. I have phone calls. And so wherever I would go, that, you know, that, that hustle would just follow me all the time. And I felt, I felt such an obligation to my business and my clients that I, I couldn't, I couldn't separate myself. You know, I couldn't just turn my phone off and say, I'll, I'll figure it out later, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and so that was a big part of it was, yeah, I I just felt like I could really never relax. Have you learned or have you tried like balancing it or have you found a medium to where you like you balance out work and just chilling and being in nature? Well, I have now. <laughs> mm, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, and it, and so it, go ahead. Yeah, it just all comes down to the to the priorities. And so, what I really had to do was consciously put myself first, and mm. and put you know nature first, and take care of myself. And I was never raised that way. You know, I was raised by, uh, you know, my dad was very much just work all day, every day, nonstop. And, uh, for some reason I'm just born a little different than that. Mm. So I really have to, it's still a fight to today that I have to tell myself, okay, today I'm going to clean my plate. I'm not going to do anything except relax. I'm not going to check my phone. So I'm, I still have to very much be mindful of, of how I'm spending my time. So you booked the trip to the Virgin Islands. You spent out, you spent two weeks out there. Now, when you're out there. You get hit with three hurricanes. <laughs> Hurricane Maria being the last one. If we all know, you know, that was a big hurricane. <laughs> so, so explain to me or walk me through this process of, because there's a little description on your website too where you say you were looking out the window and you saw a whole roof just get torn up off the house. Yeah. So you go, okay, you take this trip to get a peace of mind, right? In a way. <laughs> Explain to me, what was your reaction before you, before you realized, like, you know, it was a blessing in disguise? So at the point we went to, to the Virgin Islands, to St. Croix, I was already pretty deep into manifestations. Mm. Um, I, had se- I had seen some small examples of it. Um, like, for example, I went to Mexico before St. Croix. And what me and my girlfriend would do is we would watch vlogs on YouTube on Mexico and we would kind of manifest and, Hey, what do we want to do? Where do we want to go? And we would find that things would happen so quickly and everything would just align for us to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so we did the same thing for this trip to St. Croix. You know, it was kind of a last minute. We didn't know where we wanted to go. We just pulled up YouTube. We were kind of looking at what's easy. We don't want to go to Mexico again. And, um, and so we were just kind of trying to do some manifesting and, and kind of leaving it up to the universe. <laughs> and so it's interesting because it was it was absolutely hurricane season when we went to St. Croix. Mm. Uh, there are hurricanes coming, kind of coming at the end of summer into the fall. But we looked up online and they said, hey, there hasn't been a hurricane in 10 years in St. Croix. And so we said, ah, <laughs> 10 years. We're only going for two weeks. <laughs> it can't be a problem. You know, so we, we booked that flight and, and hopped on a plane to the Virgin Islands, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's crazy true. because I, mean, I go- went down there with the goal of relaxing, right. and resting and, you know, eating mangoes by the pool and working on my laptop. 
So did, yeah. <laughs> how many how many days did you get to really enjoy? None or so I. No, no, I, I I believe we had the first week was good. Okay. Because I did. I toured the island. I got a rental car. You know, we went out and did all that tourist stuff and mm-hmm. posed for a bunch of dumb photos. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I appreciate that Mother Nature allowed us to enjoy the island. We swam in the ocean. The water was beautiful. You know, I got I got a little bit of relaxation in and I did get to enjoy the island. Um, it wasn't until the end of that first week, probably six days in or so, um, that that first hurricane hit. And you said there was there was three. So the first two came and passed pretty quickly. Uh, did you get scared even when the when those two hit, or you were kind of like, eh, whatever? So there's not a lot that really truly scares me, and nature just isn't one of them. Mm. Um, so I wasn't really concerned about it. In fact, I think it's kind of exciting to be in, you know, in a storm. Um, <laughs> I'd never been in a in a true natural disaster before. Right. So the first two hurricanes came by, and we were staying at an Airbnb, uh, which was nice. And actually, the luckiest part of the whole deal is this was a very old home, and it was built out of cement. So it was a cement home, and the hosts that lived there had been on the island for a long time. They were very well prepared because mm-hmm. it was their house that they rented out a whole section of it. Um, so in, in that way, I, I was very fortunate. Okay. But um, I, f- I forget where I was going with that one. The first two storms were... Oh, yeah, yeah. So the first two, um, the first two that came by, there were some heavy winds and some rain. Mm-hmm. And so we lost, we lost power for a few hours. And there was enough rainwater that we went and got the owner homeowner went and got some sandbags and so you know we kind of helped out i mean we're just chilling you can't really go enjoy the island it was a good amount of of uh water backing up because in the islands there they don't have like gutter systems and it's very primitive so the water would just build up in the streets and then kind of flood under the fence into the property Mm. so we were just kind of chilling hanging out filling some sandbags uh, you know, but nothing, nothing serious. The first two were pretty smooth. Mm. And that third one came and, and then how, how, how did you guys, did it feel different? Did that third one feel different? Did it feel more strong? Like right when it came in or. So the difference is the first two came during the daylight, Oh, <laughs> which was cool because you can kind of see everything happening. Right. You know, what's going on. The third one it didn't even start picking up wind until I think like 10 or 11 at night. And so by that point, everybody's inside and we're in our rooms and keep in mind the first two went by and they were easy breezy, you know, it was no big deal. Right. So this third one is cruising over and we're just like, Oh, another hurricane. Cool. We'll just kind of hang out and, and wait for it to pass. And I feel like about an hour into it, uh, we, you know, we realized this wasn't, this wasn't like the first two hurricanes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this one man. was going to be a little bit different, <laughs> man. I don't even know how to react. You know, I'm over here on vacation and I have to deal with this and you kind of, you're forced to deal with it because you can't leave. You can't fly out. So what's running, like what's running through your mind then when, it, when you really start seeing like all this shit get just destroyed and destruction happening, are you kind of like protect my girlfriend, uh, protect myself and my girlfriend, or go help the people, or what's running through your mind? 
Yeah, so everyone um, everyone was in their own rooms. And for me, as a, you know, a guy that has some experience in construction, like I knew the building was fine. It was literally concrete. I mean, mm. I'm like, there's no way that we're really going to get hurt. So like for, for me, I really wasn't fear, fearful of my life. And I wasn't really concerned about getting injured. So for me, you know, it was just more exciting to kind of see what was going on. Mm. And so I remember, you know, I would go, I went into the bathroom because there was only a couple, a couple windows in the room. And so I'd go into the bathroom and it wasn't like a traditional window, like what you got now, the, you know, the white sliding glass window. It was like a concrete wall and then it had bars in it, almost like, you know, like a prison, but not a prison. It's to like keep... Uh, like keep people out, like for security, right? Like a security window, a metal security window. And then it just had these little metal like flaps on it. So it really, it didn't seal a hundred percent. And I remember going in the bathroom and you would hear the the wind outside. And I had never experienced this before, but it reminded me of like a dubstep song. <laughs> it made this real, real grimy, like and it would just resonate and pulse dude oh, man. <laughs> and it would just echo in the whole bathroom and i remember just just like the sound and the experience was so crazy and so i i walk out and i go and i go into the bedroom and i'm laying on the bed and we had one big sliding glass door mm -hmm. and i remember laying in bed with my girl and we were watching the door and the whole door was just flexing like in and out like just bowing like honestly i really thought that the door was gonna get sucked out or mm. like shatter or something it was it was like moving that much and so that was the only the only concern i had was that something was either gonna get blown through the window and like shatter a bunch of glass or i mean maybe it would like suck the window out and then suck us out with it <laughs> right so i mean that was a possibility yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, I was definitely, I was a little concerned, but I, I, I really wasn't in like a fear, like a fear state. Right. How long is it, How long did the last storm last? So the, the hurricane, man, it, it really, the eye, I think it took about three or four hours for the eye to go, you know, from the very front and pass us. Mm. And so in that time, you know, I'm pressed up against the window, I'm looking outside and there's no, there's no power anymore. There's no street lights. You can't see nothing. But I would see like there was two. There was a story above us, and up above us there was like a deck with uh, like a roof, a roof on it. And I remember looking out, and I saw the roof above us mm -hmm. just like come rip, it, like rip down and fell right on the on the ground, right in front of the sliding window. And I'm watching, and the wind comes and it swoops it up, and it blows this huge roof piece and like just tumbles it across the yard, oh, like into shit. the fence. And that's when I was like, yo, <laughs> this wind is no joke, dude. <laughs> this wind is no joke. And so that was basically at night. So then in the, in the morning when you guys, when in the morning when the sun came out, you guys were able to see all the, all the destruction it did? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we really didn't sleep that night. Um, it was just, there was so much noise outside. And because it was dark, you couldn't see what was going on. Right. So yeah. kind of in the back of your mind, you're just like, oh, what is that? What's going on? And you're kind of looking everywhere and, so we didn't sleep and uh you know as soon as the sun came up and the the storm passed um there was still kind of a pretty strong wind there was a good gust mm -hmm. of wind kind of just cruising across and so everyone went outside and 
and it kind of reminds me of of those disaster movies you see on t you know yeah when everyone's kind of getting up and, and going outside and they're like wiping their eyes and everyone's hair is all jacked up <laughs> yeah. and so the whole sky you know this is the morning in the caribbean and every day up until this point you go outside the sun's shining it's a blue sky there's white puffy clouds there's birds chirping there's bugs it's loud it's yeah. like the jungle uh-huh. and so we go out after the hurricane and it's silent there's no bugs there's no birds the whole sky is like gray black it looks like a rain like a rainstorm but there's no rain it's just black and i remember it was super silent but the one thing you could hear was an alarm system like a chirping mm. just a constant like chirp 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 and so we we walked around the side of the building kind of on the side of this building there's like a a big long corridor where they have their swimming pool and then there's like the front gate how you get in and out yeah and and the neighbor's house next to us it was a wood house and the entire roof was like peeled open mm-hmm. it looked like a pe- it looked like a pizza box like it just peeled open and it was connected on one end and the whole piece was laid over over the fence that connects our property and like down onto the ground in our yard just peeled back and laying on the ground what the fuck and so like the whole inside of that house just got dumped on with water everything that was in that house got blown around and sucked out i mean if if we were staying in that house like we could have died you know it was bad was there people that lost their lives that you know of or so um i don't i don't know of anybody that lost their life um the so there's two sides of the island on saint croix there's uh uh christianstead which is kind of the higher end touristy part and then there was frederickstead which was the part we were staying in and that was more like where all the locals live Mm -hmm. and so like you know we were staying mostly with the locals so everybody on this side of town they kind of knew what's up and if they weren't in like good housing they went to other people's homes to stay Mm. so i didn't see any loss of life thank god and i didn't hear any firsthand accounts of it um and i know that even though my story was pretty intense our island was not the worst. I know St. John got hit way harder and there were for sure people that, that died um, on St. John. So um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was real, man. So then after, after, after the the storm or, or even during it, are you thinking like, why is this happening to me? Does that ever cross your, like your mind? Like, why am I witnessing this? Why, why would I come out here while this, when the time that this, this does happen has been 10 years and I come out here and this happens? You don't question none of that? So I never, I never felt down like, why did this happen? I, I never felt really sad about it or depressed. I was too like caught up in the moment. And for me, it was exciting. I mean, ah, that might sound kind of bad, but I had such just a boring day-to-day life and I had like no adventure in my regular life and I'm Mm. like this is it you know we're out here living and I'm just like seeing these things that are happening it was just for me it was more moving to see the power of mother nature and and to just experience this event I really felt like I was experiencing something very unique I know you also said that I never felt why me 
I know you also said that you uh, you experienced. Uh, it's probably the most community you've ever experienced as well. The sense of community. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I come from uh, a part of the country, and specifically the, you know, the area I lived in. It it wasn't a very tight community, and so it's kind of everyone for themselves, and there's not a lot of people helping each other. You know, you don't talk to your neighbors. You kind of wave at them when you go to your house, but you don't interact, and so you're kind of you know, I lived in a, in a subdivision and I had neighbors all around me, but I, I was very much alone. You know, I didn't know any of these people. And so going to this ex- ex- experience in the Virgin Island, there was, uh, I want to say there was about probably six different people that were staying in this, in this area with us within these walls of this Airbnb. And I didn't know any of these people. They were from all over the, the world. One couple was from Puerto Rico, actually. Wow. And uh, they were also just there on a quick vacation. You know, Puerto Rico is a real short flight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once the hurricane kind of settled and and we all kind of just looked around and the whole yard was trashed. I mean, all the plants were ripped down. Everything was busted. And, uh, and so we just kind of started cleaning up, you know, like we were just turning over pots and lifting up plants. And one thing led to another. And then we were, um, you know, restacking sandbags and clearing limbs because the the exit to the property was barricaded by this broken down the roof the roof and some trees had covered over the exit Mm. so we literally had to kind of dig out debris so that we could get access to the street Mm. um and so it just kind of snowballed as in one thing after the other and everyone was pitching in and and just helping each other and and not that long after i mean when we first walked outside you know all the girls were crying and you know, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And all the guys were just standing around like, what the fuck, bro? You know, <laughs> yeah. just kind of speechless. But within an hour, you know, kind of once we kind of dealt with, okay, it's reality, we're here now. Everybody just came together and we started joking and laughing. And, um, you know, some of the people were making food and cooking food. And, and then some of the people were helping clear debris. And I realized that, you know, some people would look at this as, as an absolute tragedy and man, look what happened. And you know, Oh, what's going on? What are we going to do about it? But everyone was so positive, like out of such tragedy, there was so much positivity. You know, I didn't find, I didn't find happiness like this, making a big sale back at home, you know, closing a big Mm. sale or going out with the buddies. There was no community like this. And, and so I kind of realized that when people come together and they're helping each other, and the motivation isn't around money, I realize it's a whole different vibe. Yeah. Um, do you think that we, as a human, as human, as a society or a civilization, whatever, do you think we need some type of disaster like that to happen to maybe unify us because we're so divided? Yeah. I think, I think everyone would benefit from a little hurricane in their life. Well, you know what they say, bro, that, you know, that fake alien invasion is supposed to, uh, you know, bring us all together. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel that. I mean, any, and that's the exact reason that I feel like they might not allow it mm. because they don't want us to unify. Because then it'll be fun. They want us afraid of each other. They want us hating each other. Because then it'll no longer be us against us. It'll be like, oh, they're a whole different species. Like we actually, oh, humans against y'all now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. I really believe if we all went through a similar experience, you know, you reassess what's important to you and, you know, you realize how important life is and how important relationships are 
and you realize when you're standing up to your knees in flooded water, it doesn't matter if your shoes are Nike or Adidas. Right. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what car is parked out front of your house because there's a tree on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like it puts things into perspective and it, it brings you back to what's important. And what did you realize is important to you? I realized what's important to me, the overall theme of my life ever since then has been spending my days doing things that bring me love, joy, and peace. Mm. If the if the things I'm doing don't bring me love, joy, or peace, I'm not interested. Mm. And now, but that includes a lot of different things because helping people brings me that. Um, making food brings me that. Doing work that I'm passionate about brings me love, joy, and peace. So I can still do all the things that humans need to do. You know, I can do chores. I can clean my tiny house. I can I can do all these things. But when you frame it around putting love, joy, and peace first, it changes everything. I like that. I like that. That's a good approach. That's a good way to decide on things. You know, I'm gonna apply that to my life. <laughs> It's a good thing, man. Think about it. Like, what are you going to eat? Does that bring you love, joy, or peace? You know, if it does, then you should eat that. Well, that's tricky, though. That's tricky. (laughs) Don't say that. Don't say that. Tell people that because they're going to go eat some hot Cheetos and some, you know. And I get that makes you happy. But think about it. Hot Cheetos, that brings you love, joy, and peace for the moment. But those, those empty calories, the weight you might gain, it's a false sense of love, joy, and peace. Ah, there it is. So okay. you gotta watch. You gotta watch out for the tricksters. <laughs> mm, I like that. That makes sense. That's good. That's good. That's good. So when you come back from from the Virgin Islands, right? When you come back to civilization or to you know your yeah. your, your reality, I guess. Um, what's running through your mind? Are you you are right away? Do you sell everything that that you know? Do you take some time to figure it out, or you already knew before you even got back, or? So I already knew before I left for vacation. I knew that I was going to be leaving my business. Like I had already kind of decided that, mm-hmm. but I, I had no idea what direction and I didn't know to what extent I was going to, um, you know, really take a step into a new direction. So it was really through the hurricane that I realized, you know, we were so happy. We didn't have nothing. There was no internet for almost a month. Mm. You know, I didn't even plug in my MacBook. You know, and I was so happy. Yeah. So I that I got back and I was like, that's it. I'm selling everything. And and I want to just spend my time, you know, doing those things that bring me love, joy and happiness, peace, joy and happiness. And so I sold everything. And there was a bit of a transition between selling my business, selling my house, selling all my stuff and actually hitting the road. So I rented an apartment for a few months. And while I was in my apartment, I was just, I wasn't working. And so I was on YouTube every day and I was just trying to figure out, you know, what's this lifestyle? What am I going to do? And that's when I was looking at like backpacking, you know, being a digital nomad, traveling internationally. Um, I looked at doing work camping. I looked at, I was even trying to just a hundred percent volunteer for a charity. Mm. Like I wanted to just, you know, catch a flight to South America and just help people you know, dig holes for water or whatever they need to do. Right. Um, But I realized that the way the world is, you can't just do that. You know, if you want to go help out a charity, like 
it takes money, you know, you can't just volunteer. So that kind of, that actually shocked me a lot. And, uh, you know, I kind of decided that for me, the next step was I caught on to van life, you know, van life was picking up at the time. And I said, Hey, I got the skills. I know I can build one out. And that would sound kind of fun to me to do some traveling. And it started out kind of wanting to visit my family, visit my friends and visit all those people that I never had time for. You know, I was so busy working. I never had time to see people. And I was always say, Oh, you know, catch you sometime. See you another time. I can't come out. I'm busy. I can't come out for Christmas. And so I started out building that van and hitting the road and just trying to reconnect with those people. Van life. I like it. Um, so uh, you, you, you spend time on YouTube. Uh, you, van, you came across a van life. Um, do you remember your first van that you, that you did? You, you said you bought a van off of eBay, correct? Yeah, yeah. I bought a van off eBay. And, uh, and so it was, a it was about at the time it was probably about seven or eight years old. It was a used cargo van. It had like 200,000 miles on it. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, it was a crazy old van, but at the time their inventory was super low. It was just hard. I think because van life was getting so popular, it was hard to find vehicles that were affordable. Mm. Um, so I found one on eBay and I bought it and I was lucky. It happened to be only a few hours away from me. So I drove down, picked it up, and I brought it back. And I was still at this apartment, but I put in my my lease or my you know my, I put in to end my lease. Mm -hmm. So I only had like thirty days left in my apartment. So I had this this cargo van, and I I would drive it to Home Depot, and I would work on it inside the van at the Home Depot parking lot mm. Be because you weren't <laughs> allowed to work on vehicles in my apartment complex. You know they didn't yeah. want. A bunch of cars right. up on blocks and oil everywhere, which I get it. And so I was like, well, I got to build this thing. So I built it in the parking lot <laughs> of Home Depot. And then okay. that actually works out pretty good because, you know, I would need like more screws or more caulking. And so I would just lock up my van and run inside the Home Depot and buy parts. <laughs> wow. And you were, you were looking at when you were on YouTube studying, you were looking at just videos of the uh, constructing these vans or you kind of just like free, you kind of just you know, freestyled it and we're like, I can do this. I'm gonna try it. Yeah. So the house that I had before this, I completely remodeled the house by oh, myself. Okay. So, I mean, I did a, I did a, it wasn't a big house, you know, it was like 1600 square feet, but you know, I did the tile. I did the full kitchen. I mean, it was an old house, like a foreclosure that I bought. I gutted it and then remodeled it super nice. So I already kind of knew how to do everything. And I was like, if I can remodel a full house, you know, I can do a van, no problem. Mm -hmm. So I did watch some videos on YouTube, uh, you know, to kind of see the specific details because, you know, the systems in a van are different than a house. Right. So I would get some ideas from YouTube videos, but for the most part, uh, I knew what I was doing. Man, so is this not your business? Do you do this for a living or, or you don't you don't invest all your time into it? No. So <laughs> it's funny how it works, but I, I built my first van for myself. And I had that van for about a year and a half, traveled all over. It was wonderful. But then I was like, oh, I want a little bit more room. So I bought it. I sold the van and then I bought a short bus, mm. uh, which was amazing because you could stand up, you could walk around. Yeah. I mean, 
going from a vehicle where you can't even walk around to having like an aisle way. Yeah. And, oh man, it was a game changer. <laughs> so that bus was, was dope. That was one of my favorite build outs. Um, and then I had the bus for a while and I was on Instagram and, and somebody, uh, somebody was like, Hey, let me buy that bus. And they gave me an offer that I, I couldn't refuse. And I was like, well, I guess I'll sell it. I'll just build another one. <laughs> yeah. Man, cause they look cool. I was looking at your at the your YouTube video. I saw the run. You just did the the short bus, the red one. Yeah, big red. Yeah, yeah, big red. I'm like, yeah, this is this is, this is genius. Like you can put a whole recliner in there. <laughs> like the way you, just, yeah, just every, all the little details, the cage, the way, like you know, everything out of, like out of the way, so you can still walk and you just find the ways yeah. to do it. I'm like, man, this is dope. The the whole shower you put in there. I'm like, this is crazy. Oh, dude, that shower was so nice, bro. Bro. <laughs> I, to this day, I've never had a shower in, in a personal vehicle. That that build-out was for a friend of mine. And when I put that shower in, I was like, damn, this is fancy. <laughs> so, wait, you usually don't put showers in, in the vans? Uh-uh, no. Damn. No, because I, I shower outside. Like, the lifestyle I'm living, you know, I'm mostly out on forest land. I'm, it's like camping. Right. And so I have like a propane uh, tankless shower system. I just do it outside. Mm, mm. And you live this, you live this nomad life alone. Like did your girlfriend follow you after your trip or she kind of was like, I'm out. I ain't with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, she was, she was a, she was a soldier, man. She oh, was shit. down. Uh. And uh, so we traveled together for six months and you know what? It was easy. Mm. it was easy traveling with her you know we were both just down and we were so much about nature and just you know the spirituality and mm. law of attraction and manifesting that like we just really enjoyed the time we enjoyed it and and it was i mean you would think sleeping living in a van with somebody and like i mean you know you're you're like squatting down peeing in, in, in a bottle right next to your significant other yeah. it sounds weird but bro it, it wasn't bad and uh but you know what after six months um you know i just decided i in order to really level up and reach that next level i needed to be by myself mm. and you know i'm the type of person you know based on the way i was raised and some of my struggles growing up i have i have the um i have a tendency to put other people's needs and desires before mine and i i tend up losing my kind of losing myself in the process and then and then kind of resenting that person but in reality it's my fault for not being strong enough to you know maintain a strong frame and so i was i was able to realize this and and realize i needed to do my own thing i'm the opposite bro i'm selfish i need to figure out how to you know, put others before myself to be honest because i'm i'm all about just me me, me. and i'm maybe because i'm young but i'm really all in if i'm not happy i don't care who not ha who's happy because i'm not i'm one of those people yeah you know? yeah it's bad but yeah yeah man i believe it all it's all about the way we were raised you know yeah. and, and we end up um kind of developing ourselves based on the environment that's around us so you grew up in an environment where you will you were able to thrive in that type of situation right and uh, I grew up in an environment where in order for me to thrive, you know, I had to kind of put myself on the back burner because I saw that that helped, you know, the situation stabilize. Yeah, you know, growing up, everything was just always, you know, my parents always just, you know, gimme, 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 gimme. And I would just ask and receive, you know, to be honest. And it's a, it's a pro and a con because it does, it gets to a point where 
I'm not used to working for things. I'm not used, you know, now I'm getting older and it's like, oh, I want this podcast shit. I got to make it happen. It ain't going to just happen. <laughs> mom, yep. mom can't make it happen. <laughs> Dad can't make it happen. <laughs> like, you got to make it happen. No, That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. Man. Um, so um, how do you... How do you maintain this, like a, a income while you're on this nomad life or this van life? I know you have different sources of income, as far as like NFTs, yes. stock, I mean stocks, and I think. Yeah. So honestly, um, early, 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 like 2017, um, the stock market was kicking my butt, and I was just like, man, this ain't the way for me. You know, I was <laughs> I was making a little money here and there, but you know, you watch those videos and all those guys flex and all you know and and they got lamborghinis and i made five thousand dollars today before 11 a.m yeah you know and so i tossed my hat in that ring but i i realized this just this wasn't for me right and so you know at the same time i had been listening heavy uh to the the joe rogan podcast mm -hmm. and uh and so he would have on andreas antonopoulos who was kind of one of the ogs of bitcoin mm -hmm. And, and so early 2017, I was just listening and I was hearing about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And after about three episodes of that, I just realized like, you know, for me, this makes sense. This makes sense as the future. Mm. And, uh, you know, everything that we're doing is heading towards digital and computerized and AI. And so why wouldn't the wealth and the transactions be digital as well? Right. And so I invested in cryptocurrency early. And, you know, the universe, it was just the universe, you know, I happened to get in at a time where you couldn't put money in a wrong place, no matter where you throw dumb money, it would just stick and grow. And so for the first year that I was a, a nomad, I was just living off savings um, and profits from cryptocurrency. Mm. And uh, it wasn't until like the second year in that I actually, I decided, realized I didn't want to spend all my crypto and the market kind of kind of popped and so i wanted to save what i had and i wanted to go get you know dollars to spend instead of crypto so that's when i started working for my money <laughs> <laughs> so but so now you like you, you say you, you make the vans do you do specifically like a specific custom orders for people or do you kind of just build your own vans and whenever someone comes across it that wants to buy it you just let it go or yeah so um you know the vans you wouldn't think it, but vans take a long time to build, mm. um, you know, because everything is, is custom and, you know, they're not square walls. They have like curves and contours. And so it, everything is like precision and details. And it's always a different floor plan and parts and pieces. So like big red, uh, it took me five months to complete that bus, oh, shit. you know, and to build out that bus, I was back inside a warehouse you know i was like working all the time under a time frame and i just that's not what i'm about right. and so i really had to ch check myself and big red i only did that build for a friend uh because he reached out to me and he asked me if i would build it and i was at a place um you know where i was like i had been just traveling for a long time i hadn't built out a rig in a while and i was like yeah sure i'm down for a build out and big red was the most intense build out i've ever done and so, you know, after doing that, it just reaffirmed, you know, my belief that I, I don't want to be about that lifestyle of just going, going, going. So I don't, I don't do build outs for other people. Um, you know, if something happens in the universe connects, then I, I might consider something, but that's about it. 
you had to be stationed like in Eugene while you're while you were doing that, right? Yeah, so I had to be in one location for six months. Um, <laughs> I had to rent a warehouse to do the build out. You know, you can't do all that kind of stuff outdoors. So you know, it put me back into the matrix, man. Ah. Back into insur insurance and electrical bills ah. and living in the city, going to the grocery store all the time, and just being a part of that energy, man. You here on Conspiracy, bro? We talk a lot about breaking the matrix, but you you have broken it. <laughs> <laughs> you have broken the matrix. Because <laughs> let you're... me tell you, man, it it gets to a point now where I feel it. Uh. I feel when I'm I feel when I'm out of the matrix. And I feel when I'm in it. And let me tell you something crazy. Last night, uh, I'm on my way down to Arizona. I just pulled into Arizona to Kingman last night. It's right across the border. Mm -hmm. And it was late. I was ready to sleep. I usually sleep out somewhere kind of hidden, tucked away off grid. But I was just in a hurry, and I pulled into a truck stop. And uh, that's always an easy place. You know you can sleep. No one's going to hassle you at night. And I pulled into the truck stop. I parked it, hopped back, got into bed. And I laid down and I just like, I felt kind of antsy and like kind of revved up. And I was laying with my head on the pillow and I could feel, I could feel my whole bed just pulsing, just pulsing. And you could hear like from the semi trucks and there's some kind of a like electrical thing outside. Oh, yeah. And it was just whoa, 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 whoa. And that's just, that's the sounds of the matrix, man. And, you know, the night before I was sleeping out on a dirt road under the stars. And so when you have that exact, that direct, uh, um, that direct difference, right, you can, you can relate between the extreme off grid and being right in the middle of it. And that's when you really can see the difference of being inside and outside the matrix. I like that, man. I like that. I like that. Um, you never get lonely on this nomad life. So I know everyone's different and I appreciate that because I'm an only child, uh, I grew up, I grew up with myself as my best friend. Okay. And so I, I talk to myself all day. <laughs> Same, yeah. So I, I really don't get lonely. You know, I appreciate the, uh, the internet, right? So through social media, I'm able to exchange some thoughts and likes and stuff, but I really, I really don't get lonely out here. And do you just drive or do you always have a, like a destination you're going to or you see, do you let, it, let the universe take you where it takes you or how do you decide where you're going to end up at or where you're going? So I, I typically have uh, an end goal, right? Like so I left Oregon a week ago, a week and a half ago, and I'm heading to Arizona, southern Arizona to go visit my dad. Mm -hmm. but, that, but that's all the planning I really do. Because when you get into this lifestyle, the best way to do it is let the, let the universe take over, man. Because the universe will lead you places that you didn't even know about. It'll lead you to situations you never could have imagined. And so I like to roll those dice, you know, those universal dice of randomness and just see what happens. And so I'll literally just start out in the morning. I'll pull up my Google Maps and I'll just kind of look and say, how, how far do I want to drive today? Two, three hours? Let's see what's two, three hours ahead. And mm. I'll just kind of look and kind of and kind of pick a spot and then go there. Mm. So I try to plan as little as possible. Are you big on going to like um, the quote unquote vortexes out here? <laughs> like Yosemite, you know, Machasta. I don't know what's on the East Coast, but are you big on the Grand Canyon maybe? Are you big on like those type of places? 
Yeah, yeah. So actually, um, where I'm heading right now, as soon as I'm done with you, I'm heading over to Sedona, mm. which is like Vortex Central, bro. Yeah. It is incredible out there. I heard. So it's one of my favorite places. And I actually have a couple nomad friends that are camped out uh, just outside uh, South Sedona. So I'm going to go meet up with them and spend a few days just, you know, barefoot in the Red Rocks, man. Nice, nice. So you're, you're very spiritual, huh? Absolutely, yeah. I would say I am spiritual, not religious. I like that saying. But you, you're, yeah, I feel like you're really spiritual because... I have me and my homies always say like, um, oh, return back to source, you know, go back to source. And you're doing that. That's returning back to source, going back into nature. Like I said earlier, you know, you, you this, you're experiencing this world as your home because it is our home. It's the whole, this whole thing is our home. It ain't just this house that I'm under, you know? Right. So I like that. I really do like that. I enjoy that. Man, bro, I need to get on this nomad life. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I you know I tell people I don't recommend it for everyone. No, you know, I'm not. I'm not a nomad van life prophet. Like I realized for me, uh, it was absolutely necessary in my journey. And a lot of people, anyone who's been a nomad for more than a year, they love it, and it'll always be a part of them. Um, and if it's for you, man, then it's it's an absolute blessing. But I I feel like it's important for everyone to just find out you know how they fit into that puzzle and find out what brings them, you know, peace, joy, and happiness. You have this, uh, I like, I like in the, um, that quote you have on your thing where you say my mission, my my mission was to get lost in nature, be of service to others and drink green juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And drink green juice. hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. So no joke. I have a juicer in my box truck with me and I juice up green, I don't do it every day when I'm out of the city because I can't store that much vegetables, <laughs> but uh, I do have a fridge and I do pack it with veggies. So I drink green juice as much as I can. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the, yeah. Cause you do, you buy food. And I, I was seeing it in your video and you kind of confused me. You kind of, you're explaining the process, how you rotate your, your food, your expiration food or the food when it expires. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that real quick? Yeah. So I have a huge stockpile of food in here. I have at least 90 days worth of food. Um, it's all dry goods. It's beans, rice, uh, pasta, lentils, soups, crackers, sauces. So what I do is I filled up my stash mm -hmm. and then everything you have will have an expiration date on it. So, you know, some of my stuff expires in three years, but some of my items expire in nine months. So what I do is I eat out of my food supplies. And then when I go grocery shopping, I, I grocery shop to replace what was in my food supplies, but everything you buy because it's newer, it's going to have a more, it's going to have a longer expiration date. Mm -hmm. So you're always eating the oldest food. So you're rotating your supply and it's always going to be fresh so, as fresh as possible. So you're grocery shopping for the future, not for what you're going to eat tonight. Correct. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's yes. smart. That's actually smart. So, you know, you, you, uh, you cook, you cook all the time when you're on this van life and everything just as natural as you could do it. Yep. And I do have a refrigerator, so I pack it with fruits oh, and veggies. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm not vegan, but I try to eat as much plants as possible. So what's your thoughts um, on veganism? On veganism? Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah, on veganism. So I feel, 
I actually don't feel, I believe that everyone has a diet that is appropriate for themselves. And I believe there is no right solution for everybody. And I think where we get into trouble is when we try to recommend a solution that fits us to someone else, you know, without knowing their history, their body type, how their body runs. Um, and if you look back at our history, I mean, some cultures survived on plants, some cultures survived on meat. Mm. And so I think there's a genetic history there that, that we're predisposed to um, requiring certain vitamins and minerals that um, other people do not. So I, I think it's important to really find, listen to your body, you know, listen to your body, find out what feels good. And that was how I came across my lifestyle. And that's why I say I'm not vegan, you know, because my body appreciates certain animal products. But what I found out my body absolutely hates is gluten. Mm. So for me, I don't touch gluten because I immediately feel the effects of it. You know, my joints will kind of swell up and get stiff. Um, I'll feel sleepy. You know, I get some irritability problems. So, you know, I don't eat gluten, but some people, they love pizza, you know? Yeah. So. Maybe I should try that, you know, because I, I, I don't like using the word vegan either. I prefer plant-based. I don't consume any animals myself. I don't, especially dairy, you know, dairy I cannot do at all. Um, right. But like even the thing with me is that what I hate is that I beat myself up sometimes, right? Like I feel guilty now. Like sometimes I'll be eyeing some hot wings or some people have chicken wings or something <laughs> and I'll be eyeing them and I haven't had, haven't had them in so long, but I would eat a soy chicken wing and I'm like, why? Why would I do that when I'm eating something worse? And you know, I just and I just hate that I beat myself up over that shit. So I'm I'm getting to a point too where I'm trying to just in, incorporate everything like once a week maybe or you know just not beat myself up beat myself up over it because I do and I don't like that. So I I just listened to a great uh, podcast yesterday, and uh, you know this lady says it's important to appreciate yourself, and it's important important to love yourself, and that includes your diet. And she says, make sure that your diet is not a punishment, mm. you know, make sure that you're enjoying because so much of life is about love and enjoyment. And that's how you manifest is by loving and enjoying and appreciating. Okay. And if you can't appreciate your meal and you can't appreciate what you're putting in your body, you're not going to see the desired results out of it. Mm. So of course you got to stick with what's right for you. But you know, if you, if you want to have some vegan cheesecake or, you know, I don't want to tell you what to believe, but if you want yeah. to have some cheat me some cheat meals, man, I feel like it's important. Yeah. It's important to make sure you're always enjoying yourself. And balance, bro. I think the biggest thing is just balance. Cause the way we're taught to eat consume, you know, even animal products. First of all, it's a lot of them are fa farmer, you know, farm animal I mean factory farm animals. So it's not even like we're getting the best of meat. And then the fact that we're eating it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, three times a day. Like even breakfast alone, you're eating ham, bacon, egg. And milk sometimes like that's that's a lot man so i'm for that i think it's just like people i just thought people like i don't even tell people no more don't eat meat i just be like bro you got just moderate it bro because when you do get high blood pressure when you get whatever don't be surprised that's all i'm saying don't act like i don't know where this came from your diet bro your diet <laughs> yeah yeah and that's how i'm looking at it i'm looking at it the best diet i can have today you know that's going to take care of me down the road you know that's gonna food is medicine plants are medicine and yeah. so you want to, you know, give your body what it needs. Yeah, listen to your body. That is 100% true. 
What about what do you do for protein? Like, I know that's a big, you know, if you're, if you're, doing, if you're vegan, where do you get your protein from? What, what's your biggest protein go to? So I have, um, I have plant-based protein powder, um, but I don't use that regularly, but it's like a supplement, but actually lentils mm. and beans have, are very high in protein. And so I cook almost every day in here. I eat, uh, rice, quinoa, lentils, and black beans or kidney beans on pretty much a regular basis. Mm. And I forget the exact numbers, but a full can of say black beans like a, a normal can you get at the grocery store has almost as much protein as an eight ounce steak and it sounds crazy but there's some truth to that so and see but see most people when they eat beans they're not going to eat a whole can of beans Facts. you know what i mean you take a spoon or so but i'll eat an entire can of beans i'll mix it up with some seasoning um, put some onions in it, you know, so I dress it up. It's right. not just a can of beans, but the protein is out there in the plant kingdom. You just have to look for it. Facts. And you have to consume more of it than just like a piece of steak. <laughs> yeah, right. A piece of meat. But yeah, the meat, the meat, the whole, everything, bro, everything, you know, just everything that's given to us is being polluted and they attacking us in every way. Food, air, television, programming, education, every way, every angle they're, they're, they're attacking us in. Um, how does your how does your family do like deal with your lifestyle or how do they what do they say about it? They embrace it. They're happy that you're happy. They are absolutely happy that I'm happy. Mm. Um, it took them. It took them a while <laughs> to come to terms with what I was doing. Um because it goes against everything we're taught growing up. Exactly. I mean, my parents thought I was crazy to walk away from a business, from income, from a house, from a girlfriend, walk away from, because these are all the things they tell you you need to have in order right. to be happy. Right. And so it took them a long time. And, and I still have family, extended family members that I'm just the crazy guy that lives in a van, you know? But I think a lot of that is, <laughs> is that people don't want to acknowledge the facts of the happiness and the lifestyle, because then it, it makes them question themselves and what they're doing. Because these same people that kind of throw me shade for what I'm doing, they bitch about how miserable they are at their job and, and their mortgage payment. You know, they're not happy either. Right. So, but I feel like, you know, misery loves company. And so if, if we're all just sitting around bitching about how we hate our jobs, you know, then it's all good. You know, then we just hate our jobs and have a beer. <laughs> God forbid someone so, goes out and changes them, changes it up because <laughs> you're the black sheep. <laughs> I'm the I'm the black sheep, man. And I'm the only one out here living. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so grateful to have parents that are very understanding, too. They they understand, like, my vision where I'm at. You know, they've never been those those parents where, you know, obviously, you know, my dad's a college graduate. He 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 would they would want to see me graduate from from college. I did drop out and everything, but. They've always been the type that you're not happy in school. Don't waste my money. Drop out. You know, go, go, go find something that makes you happy. And they don't care what we do. They just be happy and don't complain. So now yeah. they see that I, they, they see that I've been, you know, I've been podcasting since 2017 and this, you know, conspiracy nice. is actually kind of like the one that just taking off faster and, and they're seeing it. And you know, they've, they've told me already too, like, if this is what you want to do with your life, like do it, you know, you still have us, you, you know, you still have, you still have the support to go about it, you know, just 
you have to put the you have to do it. You can't just say you want it and expect it to happen. And I understand that, but now they're seeing it, and so I just, I'm just thankful for them for allowing me, giving me the space to be me and and being encouraging, because it, it means a lot when your parents are on board too. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful, man. And the thing that that parents don't realize is we're living in a different world than they did. You know, they grew up and. They just went to school, went to work. They got a job. They raised a family. There was no internet. There were no options. There was no way to peer into other possibilities. And at the same time, you know, they have retirement and they have social security and they have all this framework that's not going to be around for us. Yeah. And, and so they have to understand, like, we have absolutely have to make this life on our own. You know, we don't have those securities, even a college degree now. And there's no security in that. And so we have to we have to figure out this new life we're living in. And you're absolutely on the right path. But it, it, but it's hard to, you know, I, I, the way I look at it is if I didn't have the parents that I had, right, it would be hard for me to focus on my time here because I would have to worry about paying rent. I don't pay rent, bro. I don't, you know, it's like certain shit that I don't have to worry about. And, and a lot of people don't have that same privilege and blessing. So it's hard to follow your dreams or follow what you want to do when you have, you're still in this matrix and have to worry about keeping your lights on or, you know, if, supplying diapers for your baby you know it just it's i'm just blessed bro i, I see the i see the bigger picture now and I, that's why i can't let this opportunity go like i have to this is what i want go chase it because i don't have no kids right now holding me back i don't have a girlfriend holding me back or a wife holding me back no one's holding me back but myself right now so i think it's time to make a move you know so i'll i'll tell you in my experience the universe always favors the bold mm. Like it that. always fail. It always favors those who believe you have to believe you have to have the skills to back it up. You have to trust the universe. Mm. And that's how you will find your success and find your path. And it reminds me, I heard an interview uh, from T-Pain, you know, the rapper yeah, T-Pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how he how he first got started, man. And he was completely broke. He was a rapper. Uh, like sleeping on his girl's couch and he was making mix CDs at the time. And he literally spent his last $500 on pressing a bunch of mix CDs. And he went, he went where he went, went to the club, wherever, wherever he handed them out. And he went back home, hung around for a few days. And then he went to McDonald's and he got a job application and he filled out a job application at McDonald's because he was that broke and he had nothing. He spent his last money on CDs. And he says two days later, he got a call. I think it was Little Wayne. He got a Akon. phone call from Little Wayne. Akon. Who was it? Akon. Akon. Yeah. Akon. Got a phone call from Akon. Mm -hmm. And that and that goes to show you if he didn't spend that last five hundred dollars on his albums, he might be serving you a Big Mac today. Yeah. You got to go all in. I, and that's what you're doing. You're going all in. Now, um, I've had, I had a big uh, revelation um, January. You know, I, got, I was on bed rest. I couldn't walk. I had sciatica issues. Never had back issues my whole life, bro. Never. Never been in a car accident. Never. Fell asleep wrong on my leg or my side, whatever. Couldn't walk for a week. Was on a cane for two weeks. I'm sorry. I started, I started physical therapy yesterday. I had gone back to work last week. Oh, B.O.P. Oh, 
I'm gonna edit that. <laughs> I don't like giving them clout, but you know, I'm, I'm a stalker. <laughs> I'm a stalker. I'm a stalker. And um, so I went. I went for three days, and um, I left the third day because my lower back just started, you know, it started burning up, and I was like, I'm not getting hurt at work. I'm no, I'm out. So I, I, I went back to the doctor. He goes, I'll take you out for the month, go to physical therapy. So I've been doing that. So these last three months, not going to work is giving me a glimpse of okay, like this is what it would be like if I really just went all in podcast, you know, my brand, go, go all in on, on your brand because I know this is what I want to do with my life. And now I've gotten the glimpse and I've had a, I'm, my best of guests have happened these last three months, you know, like, I, like the, the reception has gone up. The listens have gone up these last three months. I've all my time and energy have been just put into this platform and I see it working out. And now I'm at the point where I don't know if I want to go back to work. You know, I don't, I don't want to go. And not that I hate where I work at is just, do I want to go back to messing up my body when I can maybe I can really make a living off talking if I really, you know, put my all into this. And that's where I'm at right now. We're taking that leap that that, you know, that leap of faith because I'm scared of being broke. I'm scared of going through the storm. But I know you have to go through the storm as it's, it's, it's part of the journey as part of the success story. You have to be broke. You have to go through that. You have to go through the, you know, being down all the time, not knowing where you're going to get your next dollar. But the thing is that I have people that are still helping me out. So I'm not going to be going through no big ass storm. If anything, you can go through a little rain, a little rain cloud, bro. Like, relax, you know, <laughs> like, so it's just that, that leap of faith. And I'm getting, I'm finally getting to that point. You know, even getting to spirituality and manifestation. It's like, you know what, you know, it just energy really aligns a lot, man. Even if you, even if you're not aware of it, subconsciously, it still aligns. It's the ox year. I'm a, I'm a rooster. I don't know if you're into Chinese astrology, but you know, that's, I'm sorry. It's sorry. It's my friendly year. And the fact that this is building in, in, in an ox year, this pod, this platform, you just got to go with the energies, bro. You got to go with the universe. And I got to stop doubting myself. And I got to put go all in like yourself. You know, people like you are, are examples to me, bro. And I, I always like every time I find guests on my show and I, and I hear the stories, it's like, I could do it, too, man. I could do this shit, too. Like, you just got to take the leap of faith and look at you. You happy as hell, bro. You happy as hell. Hey, if I if I could press a button right now. And I could go back to a house and six figure income. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it. This is, this is for me, this is it, man. But you see, you have to look at what the universe has done for you. It's given you a peek into the possibilities. You know, there's a reason that you quit working. There's a reason you started putting all your effort into your podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're getting a glimpse into what is possible. The universe is showing you the way. Yeah. And so you have to choose. Am I going to follow my heart? Am I going to follow my joy? Am I going to do that? Or am I going to let my, you know, my monkey mind tell me, hey, you need security, you need safety, you need money. Mm. And, um, you know, one thing I would say to you, too, is, is not everyone has to go, um, you know, financially broke or 100% on their own to go all in. You just have to find what that means for you. There's a lot of people that grew up with money, but they all have a story of hitting rock bottom and going all in. Mm. So that, for you, physical therapy, you not being able to work, that might be your rock bottom. True. True. I never looked at it like that because bro, I was going through it crying. You know, I have those nights cause yeah. I live alone too. So my mom had to fly in just to, you know, watch me for a month because I needed assistance. I really couldn't. I started breaking down when I couldn't feed my dogs. I couldn't bend down to get their dog, their, their bowl. And that's when I was like, I can't, I was looking at them and I'm like, I can't even feed you guys right now. Like that's how, yeah. that's how, that's how Like it, it took me 30 minutes just to get from my bedroom to the kitchen walking. And then when I realized I couldn't even bend down to get the thing, 
I started crying. Like, I just, like, I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't even do this. I had to call a friend, you know, and just my ego getting in the way of, and it also showed me, ask for help, Chris. Ask for help. It's fine to ask for help. You don't know who out here is going to help you. And my ego gets in the way because I don't like asking for help. I've never had to ask someone, hey, can you give me some food? Can you cook for me? Can you, can you mind bringing me this? Never. So it really just messed with my ego, and, and it, was a, it was a big awakening. It was a, and a, a lot of love came after that, too, because people were like, you should have hit me up, bro. Like, don't ever be scared to ask me for help. I got you. Don't ever trip. And it just showed me, like, wow, this me over here in my own little bubble thinking, I don't want to interrupt you guys. I don't want to bother you guys this day because I'm, I'm a little pussy right now, and I can't walk. But I wish I was exaggerating. I really wish I was exaggerating, you know? So it, just, it really fucked with me. But I like what you said. It, it, it did give me a glimpse of what life could be. I feel that, bro. That's a tough situation. I, I mean, I feel like that's, you could classify that as a bottom, man. I mean, to be a young, you know, strong, healthy, healthy guy, then all of a sudden you can't even take care of your dog. And I feel that, bro. I feel that. And the fact that it brought you to tears, man, I mean, that opened up a new level. You know, that opened up a new level for you. I shout out to my, my, my friend, uh, Adela Grimm. Um, I, you know, I called him because he's on, he used to be my roommate. So he's the only one that has house keys to my, to my place. So just because I, I didn't want to get out of bed because it was so hard to get out of bed, I knew he, would, he can come in and just come walk in the door, you know, and, and help me out. I called him up, and he's like, you good? Because I just started, I called him, and I started, I couldn't even say it because I felt like a little bitch just asking, yo, bro, can you come help me? And he's like, yo, 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 you good? Like, everything's good? Because I just started crying, and I was like, just like, you know, like, I couldn't speak. And then I'm like, I calm myself down. I'm like, bro, I just really need help right now, da, 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 da. And he was like, damn, I'm, not, I'm in Big Bear right now. I'm doing some video stuff. Like, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, but I got you as soon as I'm done with here. And, like, and I understand it, man. Like, everyone got their own life. I don't expect people to drop what they're doing to come help me. So that's why it was really just, like, my ego getting in the way. And then, um, you know, my mom ended up coming through. And shout out to the moms, bro. <laughs> I love you gotta my mom. love moms, man. <laughs> I love my mom. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. But before we get out of here, man, I, I wanna, what I want to get into before we get out of here is NFTs. You started an NFT project. That was initially why I wanted to bring you on, but reading your story, I was like, nah, nah, we're talking nomad life. We're talking your journey. <laughs> like, the NFT stuff could, can, can wait. But um, your first NFT up for sale. Are you well-versed on NFTs, or you're still figuring it, figuring it out, or...? Yeah, so I'm pretty well versed in them. Um, what would you like to know, or where do you want to start? Um, how can an NFT benefit a creator? Yes, so that's exactly the reason I'm in NFTs. So ever since I've been traveling as a nomad, I love photography, and I've been taking pictures of everything. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, taking them into Photoshop, Lightroom, editing them, you know, making some pretty nice photos, and the struggle I came into is I have these beautiful photos, other people appreciate them, but how do I monetize my career as a photographer? Mm. You know, I'm too, I'm too late in the game to blow up on Instagram. Um, I mean, there's always the exception, but for the most part, it's so saturated. Um, you know, I tried like listing photographs on Etsy and some other stuff, but I just never found any way that I could reach an audience and share my photos. And then the other challenge I had is my photos aren't just photos, there's a story behind them. Mm -hmm. And so I try to include, you know, things about the universe that I've learned, some law of attraction stuff, some high vibration stuff. So I have kind of this like pictures and then this little story that goes together. And so 
I, I learned, I've been hearing about NFTs for a while. And then about two months ago, um, I finally just was on a podcast and some guy broke it down and I was just like, oh shit, that's exactly what content creators are looking for. And so what it, what it is, is it just provides you a way to take your artwork, digitize it. And then basically it has a serial number. Mm -hmm. So it's a specific piece of art and then somebody can own it. They can view it. They can share it. They can sell it. And so it's a way that, and then they can collect it, which I think is the biggest, the biggest thing is bringing the collection, the mental collection side, like sports cards, trading cards, Pokemon. Now you're collecting artwork that's made by other people. Mm. Whereas before there was really no way to collect artwork from other people unless you're buying you know physical portraits and stuff true 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 um where would i go to make an nft or how do you go about making an nft so there's a lot of different platforms that you can make them on they're all they all revolve around cryptocurrency and blockchain okay so um it takes a little bit of understanding but the easiest one the one i prefer is um um, it's the, wa uh, the, it's the wax blockchain and the website is atomic hub. So if you went to atomichub.com, um, then you can browse and see what other people are creating. You can create an account and you can easily upload right to atomic hub. And I like atomic hub because it's almost free to create an NFT versus like all the Ethereum NFTs you're hearing about. It can cost you a hundred dollars or more what? just to create one because of how high the transaction fees are on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm. Um, and the, the wax blockchain is, is similar to Bitcoin in a way that it's, it's very, uh, the way it works, very low fees. I was, um, you know, I have a guest coming on soon that I want to NFT the episode. And just because I'm, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a small level right now to where if I, this does, get to a certain type of, you know, level or height or whatever. If I do blow up, quote unquote, I hate using terms like that. <laughs> but if I, <laughs> if I do go big, whatever, I can, that ep this episode can, you know, make me a lot of money in the future because it'll be with someone that's big in the conspiracy community as well. So I think people will even buy it right now. And eventually in the future, it'll be probably worth a lot more. Now, my only question is, or a question is, can they can they rip that audio though and just throw it up themselves? Like, will they find? Will I find that audio on YouTube? You know, can someone do that? So, um, like, okay, yes, you can. Yeah, even, but the the different even Go like ahead. even like with your pictures, right? Can someone just screenshot that and just put it up on Instagram? Yes, yes, but it's the same thing as can you buy Nikes? from the Nike store or can you buy Nikes from Chinatown? So only one is original. Okay. And so the NFT space and the clout among NFT is proof of ownership. So it's not what photograph do you have? It's, do you own that photograph? Do you own Chris Piercy's first podcast? Mm. So it's proof of ownership where the value lies. So it doesn't really have to do with ex exclusivity. Well, it does because there's only as many originals as you create. So you could create one NFT of your podcast episode, or you could create a hundred and you can price them however you want, but that will be all the originals that will ever exist. 
just like you can copy a photograph, you can make a copy of print of it. But what's that print worth? It's worth five bucks plus the frame. Okay. What's the original worth? It might be worth 5,000. Oh, okay. That, okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, because so for the audio, basically, you'd be like, if you want the like the, the nice, crispy-sounding audio, then that'll be what you pay for. But if you want like a rip version on YouTube and you want to hear it all kind of staticky, then it'll be like the free one, kind of? So the NFT space is 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 more about uh, think of it more as the collector's market, right? So people are within the NFT space are collectors. So they are collecting things. So people that like you that are into NFT, they would want to collect your first podcast under the impression that if you're big and you blow up and become successful, having the first conspiracy podcast could financial could financially increase in value so they're placing a bet on you oh. so there's the co- there's the cool factor that's first of all i got conspiracy's first podcast only 10 exist i'm one of 10 out of the entire world so there's the there's the rarity but then and the coolness factor but then there's also the um you know i am i am collecting it and i have one of the original podcasts so there's multiple ways to go around it. And I understand that, but those 10 people that have the, 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 the only have the 10 episodes or whatever, the first episode or whatever, they can, obviously they can do what they want with it once they buy it, but it, it takes away from the exclusivity, I feel like, because then they, what if they just go and post, say they just um, screen record it, right? And they post it up on their, on their Instagram page, right? So then why would someone want to come and buy by the NFT, if they could just see it through them, because um, so the NFT exists on a blockchain like cryptocurrency does. So you can look at any NFT and you can look at the ownership of it. Oh. So the original ten NFTs, we can see that you created it, and we can see the lineage of who has owned it ever since its inception. Okay. So it's not about listening to it. It's about owning Owning it. it. It's about owning an original. Damn, man. And it can't be faked because it's on the blockchain. So everyone that's, if you do the wax blockchain, everyone that's running a wax blockchain node, their computer recognizes this NFT as an original. It was minted by Chris X Matt on this date. It's all in there. Mm. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm, yeah, and let me tell you too, the, the NFT game, it started with art, but now it's so saturated with artwork that people are looking for other stuff to collect. People are looking for video games. They're looking for TV shows. They're looking for music. So if you jump in, you'll be early to having podcasts on NFT. Mm-hmm. And early is good when you talk about building momentum and becoming an OG. I like that. Because I have this... I mean, I'll share it with you after I get off of here, but I have this guest that I think will be, it'll be good to NFT that episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe absolutely. like, maybe give like the public, like maybe 15 minutes of the episode on like a regular platform. And then if you want the rest, you have to buy the NFT, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing you could do, um, you know, because you want to try to involve the NFT community as much as you can. So you could give like the first, 60 seconds or five minutes as an nft and that could be free to a hundred the first hundred people that go and get your nft but then 
the first you make 10 episodes where it's the full length and you sell you put a price on those and those will be the one that ultimately everybody wants but even the initial nft the the 60 second clip that there's still only a hundred only a hundred will ever exist so in two years from now it's still your first nft it could be worth thousands of dollars damn and people love freebies it's all about community it's about giving it's about giving back yeah you don't want to just hop out there hey give me a thousand bucks for this (laughs) you want to hop out there you want to share with the people you want to spread the love but also you want to get compensated for for the energy you're exchanging so you, you always got to do a little bit of both. And the people the people that are actually buying your NFT, they actually they actually make money too eventually, right? They can make money off the NFT as well. So so they can sell it. Mm-hmm. And also when you mint your NFT, uh, minting is the term for creating. When you launch it onto the blockchain, you're minting it. When you mint it, you set you have the option to set a royalty percentage. And what that means is you as the creator, every time that NFT is sold a percentage of that transaction goes back to your wallet. So it's a way for you to get paid in perpetuity. So start early for NFTs. So yeah, it's early and start early and, and do it often. And I don't see any reason why moving forward, you wouldn't put every episode as an NFT. There's no drawback. It it costs you almost nothing. Wait, so you mean instead of throwing them up on the regular platform, just throw them up on the NFT? Do do both. Okay. Do do both because the NFT community is much smaller. Okay. But they're hungry and they're very interactive. But so like what you can do, what I've been doing is like I'll shout out on Twitter. Hey, I'm gonna release an NFT today. Drop your wallet address and I'll send you a copy. Mm. And then you tag it with NFT tags. People will share it. They'll retweet it, and then. You know, people that are NFT soldiers, the guys that are in the game that are watching, they got the address, they'll drop it. You send them the NFT. And then, you know, how do you feel when someone hooks you up for free, right? How yeah. do you feel about that? You you feel grateful, man. You appreciate that person. Mm-hmm. So automatically, those people, they got the warm and fuzzies. They appreciate you. And they're going to tell their friends, hey, I got a podcast NFT the other day. It's this guy, Chris Spiracy. You got to check him out. Mm. So it's also it's also marketing. Yes. I like that. I I heard when I first heard about it too, it sounded very interesting because I started getting ideas in my head right away. Like, yo, I can. Initially, my first thoughts were audio. It wasn't even like the pictures or anything like that. I I was more thinking, I can do these episodes. Like even like the Hotel Jesus one I just dropped. Right, I could have NFT that. I could have NFT that one, and I feel like that one would have would have been a good episode of NFT because of his caliber and the way you know his celebrity and everything. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm I'm plotting, but. I need to get in on that because I mean I want to start generating more sources of income because and you you can so be be thoughtful about the first one you create because you only get one first time okay so it sounds it sounds like maybe this upcoming guest that might be the guy or the person right. to have as your first episode but once you launch that you can always release back episodes so you you don't have to you don't have to only release new episodes as NFTs. Does it devalue the? Does it devalue it if if you also put it out just for free, regular, not NFT wise? I'm pretty sure no, it does. No, no, because an an NFT is is a collectible, and so it it doesn't devalue it. Like I put my NFTs on Instagram, you know, to share them, right? To advertise them. But again, being an NFT is about being a collector, and it's about possessing the genuine item. So it does not devalue it. And with a podcast. 
you want to reach as many ears as possible. You don't want only a hundred people to hear your podcast. Right. That's, that's you know that's not that's not good for you. Okay, let's just, let's let's do a hypothetical. Okay, so say I I put this, I put this um, podcast up on NFT. Say I yep. sell it for five bucks. Um, I I get to choose how much how many I want to sell. Or yes. So okay, say I put up 50. 50, 50 of them up for sale, uh, five dollars each. Um, once those fifty people come and they get it, I think I'm I think I'm maybe looking at like an a, a, like a stock. Does that NFT? It doesn't. Does it gen, does it start becoming more money? Does does it go up when my celebrity starts going up, or does it just stay five dollars all the time? Or how does it how does it work? I'm just confused. So, on. Y- yeah. So you set the price that you want to sell it for initially, and then there's also the the ability on the websites for the the collectors, the people who purchase your NFT. There's a secondary, like an eBay for NFTs. So people can then resell your NFTs at a fixed price or in an auction format. So the market will determine the value of your items based on how much people are paying for them. But once you sell out your initial run, no more can be purchased unless somebody sells. So it's supply and demand, and that's what pushes the price up. Oh, okay. There you go. That's what. And the person that has the audio, they can sell it for whatever they want as well, or it has to be the final. Yeah, they can sell it for whatever price they want. Nice. But again, it only sells if someone offers to buy it. Right. And then you automatically get your founder's cut, your percentage. So if it sells mm. for a thousand bucks and you put in ten percent, you're going to get a hundred bucks off that sale, mm. right to your wallet, no questions asked. Man, it sounds good. It sounds really good. I know it's early. I think I should get on it because. I'm the same as you when it came to Bitcoin. I invested in 2016, or whatever. So I got into all the early ones, and but never cared to like. I never looked at it every day because I was looking at it more so like a long-term investment. Yeah. And then, because Bitcoin was five thousand when I invested, bro. Five thousand. That's fifty thousand more. Ah oh, man. Yeah. I slept. Yeah. I slept. I, I went with. I went with because I was so small-minded too back then, where I felt if I didn't own a full coin. That there's no reason to invest into it, so I, right. I I avoided. I got Ethereum, I got Litecoin, I got all the other ones. Yeah, but no Bitcoin. Yep. <laughs> yep. I hear you, brother. But I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get it on this NFT super early before before it becomes. A- so in you know in any industry, any emerging market, which is what NFTs is, it's very early. It's always the people who get in early that rise the highest, the quickest. Um, you know, just like with podcasting, the earliest podcasters, you know, that got in and grabbed attention, they got the most attention, they grew the fastest. So it's definitely something where it is not, it is a, it is a smart move to get in as early as you can. And I'll tell you out, tell you something else while we're on the topic of, uh, you know, being artists and, and raising awareness and things. Have you heard about BitClout? Sounds familiar. The website, Bit. Bitcloud.com. Okay. So you need to check it out. It's a, it's a social media website. Like think of it like Twitter. It looks similar to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it's on the blockchain. It's a, it's a blockchain based social media. It uses cryptocurrency and it's revolutionary. I just signed up last night. This is absolutely the future. So the way that it works is the social media platform operates on its own cryptocurrency called BitCloud. However, every, account so everyone that creates a bit clout account they get a set of private keys 
and public keys. And with those keys, you also get your own cryptocurrency. Everyone on BitClout has their own cryptocurrency. And other people that like you and follow you and interact with you buy your cryptocurrency based on whether they like you or whether they think you will become famous or successful. Your cryptocurrency is limited. And as it, it's, it's on a logarithmic scale where it's cheaper in the beginning. And as you sell more, the price grows exponentially. So it creates an artificial rush that people want to get in on new accounts early that they think are going to become successful because there's a potential for profit. So That's look into it, BitClout. That sounds like a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. It takes out all the middlemen. There's no ad revenue. There's no marketing. It's peer to peer. And you just invest in the accounts that you like. Wow. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to write it down right now. You said yeah. Bit, yeah, yeah. Check it. And that's another way. Uh, BitClout. B-I-T-C-L-O-U-T. And that's just another revenue stream. NFTs, BitClout, podcasts, all that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, brother, Nomad, Nomad Brad, thank you so much. That was very informative. I really, really enjoyed this episode, uh, talking to you and le learning your story and inspiration, bro. People like you inspire me. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Uh, it's people like you uh, that are interested and that are exploring options and that, and that want to learn. It's people like you that inspire me to share my story. So. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. And even when you think no one is looking, bro, people are looking. No, people are looking. People are seeing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so learning about you, learning your story, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I, I definitely got to get him on the podcast. Because I never went to your website. I thought I was, you know, I thought you were just an account that followed me, followed you back. You know, you're a nomad. Cool. But when I read your story, I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I like this. You know, it was a whole thing. And I'm over here thinking I'm just going to get you for NFTs and, like, you know, business stuff. And, you know, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's always cool when you you kind of dig deep and uncover, uh, you know, what makes somebody who they are, right? Yeah. So it's, that's that's why I put that website up is because I would meet people and they'd be like, oh, you know, what's your story? What's going on? And like, I I don't got time to go through all this. <laughs> so I was like, hey, here's my website. Check it out. <laughs> because people don't know. They're like, they think I, you know, I was just some dude that bought a van because it was cool on Instagram. Right. You know? No. No, but now you can. Get, like, now bro, I can, you got no idea. <laughs> now you can give him a podcast link. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm excited, bro. This is my first podcast. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I I'm known for breaking people's <laughs> podcast cherries, so I'm, I'm another one on my list. Cool. And honestly, I appreciate that, man. And honestly, man, I don't even do this. And hopefully, and I know I am. When I even get to a certain level of of celebrity or whatever, fame or whatever, um, I like having conversations with the people that no one's like reaching out to. I don't care, like, even when I had Hotep Jesus, before I had him, before we started recording, I told him, like, bro, I'm not going to ask you what does Hotep mean. Everyone asks you what Hotep means. Like, you can go on all your interviews, and that's the first question. So for those who don't know, what does Hotep mean? It's like, I'm not, I don't like being that, that platform where it's, like, you, you feel like you're answering the same questions you answer on every other platform. Like, nah, let's, let's, let's make it fun. So thank you so much, brother. I really do appreciate you. It was a great episode. Hey, you're very welcome, man. I, I appreciate you too. And I, I, I want to stay really quick too. You know, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, the thing I like about yours and about, you know, interviewing different guests is that sometimes when people get, people get passed around the podcast circuit, you know, and, and they'll do a bunch of different podcasts and they got a story 
And it's like, you're kind of just, it's kind of a one-way conversation. You're right. just listening to this story that this person built up in their mind, but there's no, it's missing the magic. You know, there's not the back and forth. There's not the two humans connecting, you know? And, and so I, I appreciate that you bring that energy into your, into your podcast. Yeah. People always get surprised too. And like, when I, when I started talking, they're like, oh, like your energy was so easy just to just talk. And I felt so comfortable. And I think because I don't do, do I don't do video aspect of it, that people feel more comfortable too, you know? So yeah. But oh, I like yeah. I like having conversations with regular people, bro. I think everyone has a, an amazing. Everyone lives their own truth. Everyone lives their own journey, and that to me, it's like let me just hear it out. I don't have to agree with everything. I don't have to, you know, be inspired and go follow your footsteps or anything like that. But I like to just take what I want from your story and apply it to my story in my life, and I do that with everyone's story. So I'm just nosy, you know, and that's why I like podcasting. That's why I started podcasting. I always tell people I like being nosy, and and I want I want to be as nosy as like as someone allows me to be with them. So if you don't want to answer something mm -hmm. cool, you don't have to answer it. But I'm gonna ask it anyways, you know. <laughs> like that's how I look at it. Thank you, Brad. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you. Hope you have a nice hey, time in Arizona. Hey, you're welcome, brother. Man, I hope you. I hope you do good too. And hopefully we cross paths in the future one day. You know, show me this. Show me this little little van life. <laughs> hey, man. Next time I'm uh, I'm cruising through California, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna drop by and see you. Oh yeah, we gotta make it happen, man. Cali's kind of oh, whack yeah. right now, but yeah, we're opening up. It's opening up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. I appreciate you. Have a nice day. Be safe out here. Hey, you too, man. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Ski. Dropping that top. Yes, sir. Ski. Dropping that top. Yes, sir. Ski. Dropping that top. Yes, sir. Ski. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Nomad Brad. That was an amazing conversation. That was an amazing episode. I really, really enjoyed that. I enjoyed his story. I was excited to have this conversation with him because his story was very interesting, y'all. And let me give you this quick little story, the little backstory on how I came up, like how I asked him to be on the pod. I've been looking for someone to come on the show to talk about NFTs. And I had reached out to someone that specifically is well-versed in NFTs. You know, his whole account's basically on NFTs and, and investing and all that shit. I'd, I had already asked him to be on my show. Dude said, yeah, you know, give me some time. I'm kind of busy right now. I'll get back to you. Cool. Now, Nomad Brad, one day, just I know I do follow Nomad Brad. He tweeted out, oh, just, just put my first NFT up for sale. I replied back to him and said, yo, you should come on the pod and talk. Let's talk about it on the pod. In my mind, I thought I was saying that to the dude that I initially was talking to to come speak about NFTs. Nomad Brad was not who I initially was talking to about coming to do NFTs. Then when I, when I saw the, his picture account and everything, when I saw his avatar, I realized, oh, shit, this is not the, kind of, this is not the person that I'm thinking I'm talking to. So then in, I ended up setting up this conversation with Nomad Brad and, um, and uh, I'm having this uh, conversation with, with Nomad Brad. Well, I was setting up the, the, the podcast and I kind of was like, cool, whatever. We'll talk about NFTs. You know, if this guy wants to talk about it, we'll talk about NFTs. And then Nomad Brad gave me his uh, his website and was like, you know, you should, if you want to look at my story, go look into it. And I started reading his story and I'm like, yo, I don't want to talk about NFTs. I want to talk about this Nomad life, this van life. I want to talk about the hurricane you went through in the Virgin Islands. I want to talk about how that changed your life. I want to talk about that journey, that story, that story, that journey that he's still on right now. You know, he's still on that van life. So, man, it's a... Uh, 
it's dope. It's dope to uh to have this conversation because I was super intrigued when I read that story. So then when he, when um and I didn't even tell him like yo we're gonna talk about you know everything that happened with you. So then you know today before we started recording I was like yo man I know I hit you up for NFTs but I want to talk about your story. Like I want I need to know more answers. I'm you know like I said I'm nosy. I want to know people's story. Hey I podcast for a living right. I talk for a one well, I podcast for a living. Damn man I'm already getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I don't podcast for a living. Shit, this is still fucking part time. This is still a hobby. Um, but maybe I should start, you know, speaking on my platform like it is the shit already. Like it is tinfoil hat, no mercy level of podcast. You know, maybe I should manifest that shit. But amazing conversation, and we still talked about NFTs. I still got educated on NFTs, so I'm glad. And yo. I'm about to get this NF fucking T and y'all. I'm about to sell this NF fucking T Hey, stop listening to my podcast and taking my ideas. But if you do, it's my fault because I give you my ideas. <laughs> I be seeing though. I be seeing people be peeping though. And I know that I have a small platform right now. So it's the perfect time to steal from my shit. It's the perfect time to look and, you know, take ideas. Because who the fuck is a Chris Spiracy? Who the fuck is a Chris X Map? I get it. I get it. But we always two steps ahead of the curve on this side. I'm a 33 live path, y'all. I'm five steps ahead of this shit, man. I'm a real motherfucking influence. And uh, maybe I should end this episode before I start getting in, into my little, into my bag, into my cocky bag. <laughs> but, man, I do appreciate everyone that's tapping in. If you're listening because of Nomad Brad, thank you. And if you stay because of Nomad Brad, thank you. Well, if you stay because of me, thank you. I do appreciate you. Make sure to hit the subscribe on the Apple Podcast. Go to SoundCloud and follow me on there. Go to YouTube and hit the subscribe on there. Hit your notifications on so when we drop some shit. Shout out to Overly Blunt. Shout out to Dennis B. Messiah. Shout out to my brothers. Um, I want to say a lot more, but I'm going to just stay quiet because, you know, just give me some time and uh, we're going to make shit fun over here on this side, all right? Just give, me, give me a little bit more time and we're going to make shit fun on this side. But we out of here, man. Thank you guys so much for tapping in. I'll see you all next week. Conspiracy. Okay. Grab your folders in your bags. It's the end of class. Good looking Chris X, Matt. We'll be sure to make it back for the next session that you're hosting. See you right in the next show. And grab your folders in your bags. It's the end of class. Good looking Chris X, Matt. We'll be sure to make it back for the next session that you're hosting. See you bright and early next show. And-